up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Friday, August 12th. Heading into a fantasy football draft weekend for me. I'll be out in Canton, man. Out in Canton, Ohio for three drafts <laughs> this weekend. Two tomorrow. I get an auction and a snake draft in the same day, and then another a super flex draft I got on uh, Sunday. But uh, since it is fantasy football draft season, we're going to continue to set you up for all your drafts here. Got some preseason games in the hopper from last night. And today we roll on with the Detroit Lions and Green Bay Packers, the stars of Hard Knocks today. Uh, And then uh, Green Bay, it's even transitioned. So a lot to talk about there. Before I dive into that, though, remember FTNFantasy.com. Go check it out. A lot of free stuff up there too. If you if you want to dip your toe into the water, see what you know, try before you buy, see what you're getting. We got you covered there. Just go to my author page and you'll see a whole bunch of free articles from yours truly. But if you really want the goods, you want to get behind the paywall. Well, we got the goods. The most accurate rankings in the industry from 2021 projections. Uh, we have uh, the two draft guides, the rookie fantasy scouting guide, and. The game plan, which we updated this week, uh, brand new draft boards, brand new rankings, projections, all of that in there. And if you really want to step your game up, I recommend the Platinum subscription because in addition to all of those things, you will get advanced stats and tools. You will get League Sync. I know people love that League Sync, and it's new and approved this year. We had a couple site, new sites, ESPN, Sleeper, big asks there for League Sync, and uh, so we added them. We listened. Plus the Discord chat. Uh, we also do have an all-access package where you get access to our DFS and betting sites as well. Uh, all of that, any of these subscriptions, you can use the promo code RATPACK, R-A-T-P-A-C-K, and that'll get you 20% off. All right, let's dive into it. Uh, Before I do, by the way, too, remember, there is a second podcast that I'll be doing this year. It's called the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, Just subscribe to that. That way you get me every day of the week. I'll be back to like the usual, you know, the the five days a week. Still not going to get into the backstory of this offseason, all right? Another time, another another place, another podcast. Anyway, um, subscribe to it. So let's talk about the Detroit Lions. Obviously a very interesting team, a team with a spotlight on it because of hard knocks and a team that has a lot of intrigue. There are, there's a potential first-round fantasy selection, although he's more likely a second-round fantasy selection in DeAndre Swift. You have a revamped wide receiver group. You have one of the better tight ends in fantasy. And Jared Goff's there, too. So let's start with Jared Goff. You know, the 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 craziest stat about Jared Goff is that he has more seasons of 4,600 passing yards than Aaron Rodgers. Goff has two. Rodgers has one in the course of his career. Now, that is not... That is not to say that he is better than Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Come on. But it is to say that if you surround him with talent, he can at least do a good enough job. And that's kind of all I'm looking for. If I if I have the uh, you know, the ability to, let's say, draft him as my third quarterback in a super flex league, uh, that's all I really want. I just want can he at least capitalize on the talent that he has on this roster? And he can. He is capable of doing that. Now he's not gonna put a team on his back. And got him to a Super Bowl win because obviously he had the opportunity to do that and he did not do that. But can he do well enough here? Yes. And so for Superflex League, sure, he's in the mix as a third quarterback option. It's not sexy, but guess what? Because it's not sexy, you're not going to have to pay for him. 
And he does have an upgraded wide receiver group. Now, down the stretch, we did see Amon Ross St. Brown uh, take off and, and perform extremely well for fantasy purposes. But I have been cautioning all offseason against the idea of that, that Amon Ross St. Brown is going to simply continue that. I, I just don't see that. As a viable perspective, you know that you know him as a front end wide receiver three or even back end wide receiver two, because the production last year occurred when you had DJ Hawkinson out, you had basically no other wide receivers on the roster, and DeAndre Swift banged up. Early in the season, the two primary receiving targets were Hawkinson and Swift, not Amon Ross St. Brown. So it was kind of like Evan Ingram's rookie year. I realize they play different positions, so you don't have to at me on Twitter. By the way, at Jeff Ratcliffe if you want to follow me. But um, that year, the Giants were scraping the bottom of the barrel. Ingram was the last pass catcher left, essentially, on that offense for Eli Manning. And guess what? Eli Manning targeted him. This was not brain surgery or rocket science or rocket surgery. It was last man standing. And that's essentially what happened last year for Amon Ross St. Brown. Now, credit where credit's due. He still capitalized in the opportunity. But look at it this year. All right, Swift is back. Hawkinson is back. They added DJ Chark, who's been turning some heads in, in practice. Okay, that's fine. He's not fantasy relevant, really, but that's fine. That's an upgrade on what they had last year. And then they drafted Jamison Williams. Now, Jamison Williams won't be on the field in week one, it sounds like. Uh, the Lions are planning, you know, to slowly get him back. Remember that ACL injury happened in the national championship game, so it is not that long ago. Um, but adding all those guys into the mix means fewer targets for Amon Ross St. Brown, a guy who needs that volume because he's not a high A dot air yards guy, right? The lower that air yards, the lower the upside. So I'm I think I'm lower on him than consensus as a more of a mid-range to back-end wide receiver three. I don't hate it, but it's just the ceiling is not there for me. If you want ceiling in this offense, it is Jamison Williams. He has game-breaking speed, the ability to take the top off the defense. But I'm going to warn you, if you draft Jamison Williams late in drafts, be prepared to sit on him for, heck, a good chunk of the season before it actually happens. You know, you, you could be sitting on him for six weeks. Four, four to six weeks before he maybe even kind of shows glimpses. But I do think he's going to be a second-half star uh, this year. As far as Chark, I'm not really interested there. TJ uh, Hawkinson is a stud. He's a high-volume guy at a position where it is really tricky to get that sort of volume. I haven't projected at 91 targets right now, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if he gets up over 100 this year. If he does that, it's going to be really hard for him to not return value as the sixth or seventh tight end off the board. And we could be this time next year talking about TJ Hawkinson as one of the big three. Like That wouldn't surprise me at all either. Every year, guys move in and out of that group. Like Waller was in it last year. He's not in it this year, right? Andrews is now in it. Andrews was in it, then was out of it, now is back in it. <laughs> you know, it happens. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if he moves up in there. Let's talk about this backfield. I mentioned some people could even consider DeAndre Swift a first-round selection in fantasy. He's more likely a second-round guy. But why are you drafting him? You're drafting him for ceiling. You're drafting him for an Alvin Kamara-like ability on the football field to catch the ball, to uh, run the ball. He is not going to be a 200-plus carry guy, but he doesn't have to be to be an excellent fantasy option. Actually, I mean, I do have him at 190 carries, to be fair, but this is a guy who could catch 80, 90 balls and nobody bat an eyelash. You know, Kamara was a 80-plus catch guy basically for most of his career here. 
Swift could be that guy as well. So I'm not hesitating to take him in a second round of fantasy drafts. Uh, if I do, yeah, I'm immediately going to move Jamal Williams up my board, and I'm going to make sure I grab him later in drafts so I can cuff DeAndre Swift. As we know, he's no stranger to injury, so uh, that would be a priority there. All right, let's move over to the Green Bay Packers. Of course, to start this discussion, we do have to address the elephant in the room. Devontae Adams isn't here anymore, and neither is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So, yeah, it's a different year for Aaron Rodgers. But what we've seen out of him over the last two seasons is, I mean, it's MVP-level play. (laughs) Obviously, state the obvious, Ratcliffe. MVP-level play. And this is, mind you, we're only a couple years removed from the 2019 season where everybody thought, oh, he's done and he sucks and blah, blah, blah. I was in a group thread with one of my home leagues and and people were like ganging up saying how much he sucked that year. Well, two MVPs later, obviously doesn't suck. And there is a directionality to performance in football. That directionality doesn't flow from the wide receiver to the quarterback. It is always the other way around. The quarterback makes the wide receivers around him better. Now, of course, if you don't have any weapons, it's maybe not optimal, but Rodgers has the ability to make stars out of guys who maybe weren't going to be stars elsewhere. Now, Adams was uh, kind of he was kind of destined to be a, a superstar uh, with how how well he played at the college level. Now he had a little bit of a rough go earlier in his career, but then once he hit that stride, he's been phenomenal. But you know, guys like James Jones and Jordy Nelson, they if they landed on different rosters earlier in their you know the beginning of their careers, maybe they wouldn't have been the players they ended up being. Rodgers has that effect. So I'm not overly concerned about Rodgers. Now, I'm not drafting him as a top five fantasy quarterback, but I will say I like it if Aaron Rodgers spills to like round 10. Why not at that point? If he's like the 12th quarterback off the board, why not? We know we get touchdown upside with him. He's not going to stop throwing the ball to the end zone. He does have an interesting group of pass catchers, which I'm going to get to in a moment here. But why not take the discount? You know, we took the discount two seasons ago, and that worked out very well. Take the discount. Now, let's talk about these pass catchers. Right now, here's who you have on the depth chart. You have Alan Lazard from last year. You have Randall Cobb, who's getting up there in age. You have two interesting rookies in Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson. You have Amari Rogers, young player from last year. And then, of course, Sammy Watkins. Uh, Also, Samore Toure, who could make this roster. We'll see. He was another one they drafted this year. Those are the main names for me right now. I'm tossing Sammy Watkins from this conversation immediately. He's undraftable, and I think we know why, but I don't even think he makes the roster when it's all said and done. Of these names, the most interesting is the most obvious. It's Alan Lazard. It's not the rookies. I know people go you know crazy over rookies, but I'll get into those guys in a minute. But it's Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard knows this system. He's been in this system now. I mean, this is... His fifth year, fifth year with the team. So he knows the system. Aaron Rodgers is the type of quarterback who has those subtleties when he's at the line of scrimmage and gives you a look. You got to know what the freaking look means. You know, he's one of those guys. Or if he makes a little hand signal, you got to know. You got to be on the same page with him. And for a rookie, even to just get up to speed in the NFL, much less to get down all of the nuances of Aaron Rodgers, that's a lot to ask. Whereas four years of doing that, 
that's it, it's a lot easier for Alan Lazard. Now, I'm not going to overpay for Lazard. I have him ranked at wide receiver 40 right now, but I like him at that price point because you're you're talking like ninth round, give or take eighth round, somewhere around there is where you're drafting him. I don't mind that at all. And he could. I don't think he's going to be a top 10 guy, but could he be a top 30 guy for sure? Could he be a top 24 guy? You know, that's the question. And I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. That's a nice return on investment. So let's talk about the rookies, because those are the other two that are most likely to produce. Well, Christian Watson's got to get on the field. He's not practicing right now. He's got to get on the field. He has the size, the speed, you know, all of that, but he's very raw, and it could take some time for Christian Watson. I have a feeling the people who draft Christian Watson are going to end up dropping Christian Watson relatively early in the season. So Romeo Dubs is the guy who's been making waves. Aaron Rodgers has gone out of his way to highlight the appeal of Romeo Dubs, you know, to highlight his play. But I mean, Romeo Dubs was a fourth rounder for a reason. You know, he's it's it, it, it's and I don't want to say like fourth rounders can't produce in their rookie years. We've seen day three guys produce. It's just not as common as day one or day two guys, but we've seen them produce. I just don't want to go crazy over a guy who's an, a sexy unknown as opposed to a guy who's not really a sexy known commodity, right? Alan Lazard offers the best value. Romeo Dubs, maybe, yeah, sure, take a late-round flyer on him. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, you just cut him anyway. But I don't want to go too nuts here, all right? Um, Robert Tunyon may not be on the field to start the season. And Robert Tunyon, people are going to chase 2020 season for a long time. You know, it, it ain't going away just yet. And that season was historically efficient for him. That level of efficiency is just not feasible to expect from Robert Tunyon this year. And he's really, even if he was fully healthy, he wouldn't be a guy who I'd be targeting. Yes, he has a touchdown appeal, but I don't love me uh, a touchdown dependent tight end. Remember, if you're at uh, most tight ends, three for 32, right? That's 6.2 fantasy points. Uh, three for 32 and a touchdown is 12.2 fantasy points in a PPR. Okay. How many touchdowns? Is he going to score six? Because that means only six weeks out of the season is he really a strong fantasy asset. And the other 10 weeks of your fantasy, or well, 10 games of your fantasy football season, if you make it all the way to your championship, he is not even startable. So it's frustrating with him, but I, I, I'm not loving Robert Tunyon. Maybe we'll see a little Josiah DeGuara, but not enough that he would be fantasy relevant. We'll keep just just know the name Josiah DeGuara. Uh, because you know you have a younger player at the position, and we have seen occasionally where you know some of these, you know, Tunyon is a prime example. Some people might remember the Jermichael Finley days on this offense. Occasionally, some tight ends can produce for Aaron Rodgers, but really, it comes down to uh, additionally here the backfield. All right, so what did we see last year? What we saw is the Packers went from a very clear one and two situation where Aaron Jones was the one and A.J. Dillon was the two uh, in year one of Dillon's uh, time in the league to last year it being more of a one and one A situation where it went from not a starter and backup, but it was a, it was a timeshare where by the end of the season, I mean, we're looking at like, okay, we could expect about 15 touches per game for Aaron Jones. Guess what? 13 touches per game for A.J. Dillon. That puts a cap on Aaron Jones. You know, I love Aaron Jones. Don't get me wrong. Guy has a nose for the end zone. Uh, guy has, you know, the ability to make plays. He's not big like A.J. Dillon, but he he's he's a darn good player. 
The problem is he's got a major cap with A.J. Dillon there. I think A.J. Dillon leads the team in rushes. He's not bad in the passing game. He's better than I thought he was coming out of Boston College. Aaron Jones will lead in that area, but that is that's like the that's full blown right there. Full blown timeshare, which moves Jones back outside of the top ten. I'm ranked at RB12 right now. And it moves AJ Dillon inside the top 24. I'm at 21 right now, but it's tricky. Like you can't draft Jones and Dillon if you're expecting a Dillon handcuff. Because ultimately, um, you're going to have to start them both with where you're drafting them. So of the two, if I was going to draft one right now, uh, Dylan. But I actually kind of don't like both because they're both in the dead zone for me. That's going to do it for us today. Of course, I'll be back on Monday with another edition of the pod. Heading to Canton for this weekend, so I'll see anybody out there if you're there. FTNFantasy.com, promo code RATPACK. And of course, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. Ah, oh, fantasy draft season is here. I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.